0: Good day, good Glenridge people. Uh, it is another Sunday. We are we hitting the century, past the century mark of uh, lockdown days. We've also done 100 devotions in the morning. Uh, that happened this week as well. We passed that milestone. And uh, things are rolling on. And I trust that uh, we are finding God in a profound way over this time. Because we really need to. Uh, people are tired. They've got an inner, inner tiredness that... That kind of um, needs God to come and restore. It's also some people have lost hope. Some people are very cynical and negative and critical. And friends, we've got it. We've got to find God in this in this season. And actually, we've got to pray, give ask God for the energy, for the life, for His Spirit to come and empower us to get on with what He's called us to do. God has still got plans. 2020 is not a rat of 2020. Is still a year that God wants to work in powerfully and God wants to use us. Powerfully, and I trust um, after this morning's sermon, uh, that you'll have some power. I um, pray that God. Is, I'm going to teach us what it means to pray. Pray in such a way that it leads to powerful, bold preaching um, of the gospel. Uh, but before we do that, what I want, what I thought I'd just do, is just take a few moments just to update you, catch you up. Um, I know that some people are not listening to all of the services. Some people are just listening to the podcast. And not getting any of the sunday so which means that they're not getting any of the notices and some of the stuff that we're doing in the city so i thought let me catch you up and uh, and so that would be all up to speed of what's going on and what we're doing in the life of the church at this stage first of all just to say a massive massive thank you to all those that continue to contribute to gc share um, remember reminding you that gc share is a as a project that we have undertaken to collect money for people that are not able to feed themselves at this time, these are people inside our church. These are people that you'll see on a Sunday. They're not necessary. They're not homeless people. They're not destitute people. They're just people that haven't got jobs at the moment and so are needing help just about to eat. And we we give an excess of forty thousand rand every seven to ten days um, into food vouchers that we help people with. We've got ninety odd families that we are feeding at the moment. It is an incredibly, incredibly powerful, as well as needed resource that we are we are trying to outwork. Friends, this is this is part of our Christian duty. It's part of our Christian responsibility. It's actually when I say responsibility, response ability. It's part of our response in this time is to make sure the family is eating. And so, really, I just want to say thank you for those that are giving, and I want to encourage you to continue giving. Continue. Try to continue giving monthly. Just what you can every month because every month people every people need to eat. So um, we continue to do that. I'm amazed at the generosity of the Glenridge people. I'm amazed that actually whenever we need, to, whenever we need money, there seems to be money there. And uh, I, I really encourage you to just continue to give into that. Sow into that and sh- see what God does in your life as, he, as we continue to sow. Also, something else that people might not know, we've been announcing it a little bit, but we've started now. We've had two weeks of feeding at the Dennis Hurley Center. So every Tuesday, we feed five. We make 500 meals for, for the Dennis, Dennis Hurley Center, those are for homeless people that are on the streets at the moment. The numbers of homeless people have increased um, as people have been leaving shelters and all those sorts of things, and they've asked for help, and we've responded with some help over this time. Um, so which means we feed 2,000 people, friends. We feed 2,000 people at this stage and uh, a month, which is a phenomenal thing. And uh, it's been amazing to see how God has provided for that. We haven't even asked for money for that. We've kind of doors have opened and I've knocked on one or two doors and doors have opened. Some companies have provided some foodstuffs to be able to do that. And we're really trusting that we can do a decent meal. We don't want a bare bones meal. We don't want a kind of samp and beans meal. We can do that, but not, we'd love to be able to give people something a little bit more, something a little bit more that I think would be, um, would add value to them and add value to who we are. Because of the, of the kind of people we are, we want to be able to give well into that. So just to let you know, 2,000 meals a month, actually a phenomenal thing. Um, just to also let you know, I am part of a, a central business district, CBD Lean, um, a lean is a local ecumenical action network, and what this is this is part of the KZN, it's it's the KZNCC um, group of churches has initiated this response this COVID response um, um, uh, initiative, and what they're doing what we're doing is we're creating liens in different parts of the city. And what a lean is, is a whole bunch of different churches and different people, different denominations, mainline churches, uh, Pentecostal charismatic churches, all sorts coming together and saying, how can we as the church impact this, the, the, the space that we're in? And, and obviously us being in the CBD, we are, we are part of, I'm part of that lean and helping coordinate that. And uh, what's been wonderful is we've done some training recently. We did some training here for pastors in the CBD and church. We had 50 pastors here. Um, for training of how to make churches compliant. And we were given a massive uh, recommendation, hugely good recommendation um, by the Department of Health saying, well done, your, your compliance as a church has been outstanding and is uh, an example to those that were all there. So just a, a huge uh, pat on the back to the staff and, and all the systems that we're kind of getting in place as we move towards potentially meeting one of these days. Um, but the, the lean is an amazing, amazing initiative. It's, I've, I've met, some, met some amazing people and starting to make some new friends with some people that I never even knew who they were before. Um, some, some pastors that are in the city, not far from our building. And a really, really wonderful moment to share with them. We've also started out of our, our CBD lean. We are starting a Facebook page um, and it's called Hope for Health Workers. And what we are doing is we are contacting hospitals. In our CBD region, which is kind of like Addington, uh, City Health, uh, uh, St Aidan's, Durdock Centre, I think a few of them. I can't remember the others now. We're getting hold of them, getting hold of the hospital managers. We're sending them a letter, and we and we and we asking or asking for permission for them to to, to tell their staff that actually this Facebook ex- exists, this Facebook page exists to help healthcare workers at this time and so there's going to be there's going to be little devotions on there we're going to upload little video clips some encouraging messages in zulu and in english and kind of just start to do something to help the healthcare workers in the city these are some of the things that we're kind of putting our hand to and working together with other churches in the city which is absolutely wonderful so um just uh, just on some feedback on that just for those that are wondering, when are we, are we ever going to meet again? Yes, we will meet again. We said that we'd give it two months after the president opened churches to be able to meet. And so we'll be, we're going to be reassessing in July, at the end of July, what's happening. Friends, this, there is a surge of infections at the moment. Um, it's good news that our infections are, are going high, but our death rate is not um, is below the world um, uh, kind of standard at the moment, which is a really wonderful answer to prayer. And we've got to trust that that stays the case. But, but friends, we are, we are just saying, listen, there's no point in trying to make something happen when there's a surge in infections. It just, for us, doesn't seem like It's the right time to do this now as as an eldership team. So we're going to wait until the end of the month, see where things are at, and then begin to reassess as to what's going to happen. So just to let you know that. Please do stay connected in the meantime. Please help others to stay connected in the meantime. It is absolutely key, friends. It's absolutely key. Uh, There is a massive concern in our hearts that some people haven't got data and and are, are, are not being connected with. Please, the people that you know, we've got this initiative going, going. each one call one. We want everybody to take responsibility for the brother. We are our brother or sister's keeper. And so actually those that you think I haven't seen them online or just give them a call and be part of the solution of, of, of the church being the church. We always talk about the church being the church to the city, feeding people and helping people and social issues and whatever. But what about the church being this church to the church? Because I think that's where it starts. Actually, it's us finding and connecting with each other and having love and concern for one another. That is how the church operates. And I think that's what we will see, the testimonies of many, many of those people coming to Jesus at the end as we kind of transition through this COVID, COVID time. Please stay connected. Please help others stay connected. Please be generous. Help others with data. And friends, there is a, be creative um, if you're finding that you're lonely, get hold of people, go for a walk on the beach in an open, ventilated space. Wear your masks. Keep friends. Can I also just say this? We're in a time where people are tired. They are over this in so many ways. And so what's happening is we're getting slacker and slacker with our protocols, with washing of hands, masks and, and distancing and all those sorts of things. Prince, we cannot afford at this stage to, to slacken off on those things. We've got to make sure that we're doing what we can do. We are going to start. We are going to start to see lots of positive, um, COVID positive people in our city in the next few weeks. There are going to be tons. There are going to be lots that you know. And so let's just be part of part of the solution here and make sure that we're protecting those that need protecting and making sure. Remember, you wear a mask not so much that you won't get infected, that you wouldn't infect others. So actually, the the wearing of a mask is actually for the love of others. So please, please. Please just make sure that we continue to do that as we step forward. We are looking at doing some live broadcasting on a Sunday from our building. We're going to start next Thursday um, with um, the prayer meeting. We're going to start doing the prayer meetings from from our broadcast. We're setting up a little broadcast room here. And so we're going to start using that more and more. And so we're going to be starting to shift and shape and see how we can do things differently. Be more creative. uh, Be more engaging um, it's pointless getting people viewing us. We want people to be engaging with us and us to be engaging with them. So these are some of the things that we really are looking forward to as we as we trans- transition into what God has for us. And um, more than that, we are in a series in the book of Acts. So with with some of those updates, I want to just have a look very quickly at Acts chapter four and what God wants to say through Through this text which we kind of started in Acts chapter 3 last week and this is kind of a part two I suppose of last week. Last week I spoke about we spoke about how what you have you give away. Peter says silver and gold I don't have but what I have I give to you and we asked the question what did Peter have? That was last week. This week I want to look and see more of what Peter had actually to give away and what happened in the in the ensuing moments after that, this incredible healing of, this, of this, this man that was for 40 years sit, sat, sat outside the gate beautiful. And for 40 years he was outside the gate beautiful. He, he gets healed. He goes running into the temple. It creates an incredible stir. And off the back of that healing, the gospel gets preached by Peter and a profound sermon, which is a wonderful example of a gospel of a gospel message. And uh, when, with, this, with this preaching of the gospel, we'll see in Acts chapter 4 now, The crowd gets stirred and the temple, the religious community of the day starts to get a little bit concerned about what's going on. And so we begin to preach now Um, from Acts chapter four. This is what it says. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. So Peter's preaching the gospel to the people. He's telling them that you killed Jesus and that he's risen from the dead and actually the name by which we do these miracles is actually the name of Jesus. So he's been very direct and he's been very bold and he's been very strong around what's happening. And there's been this phenomenal, notable miracle. Friends, friends we've, got to, we've got to really, and I'm getting sucked into this before I even read the text. We've got to trust God for notable miracles. This was one of those notable miracles where this man has been sitting at the temple the temple at the gate beautiful for 40 years. Well, he's 40 years old. So he's probably been sitting there for 30 years since he was a young boy. And so he's been sitting there and everybody knows him, including these Sadducees and chief priests and everybody that are questioning. They know who this guy is. So when this guy, isn't it incredible that this guy who was lame from birth, who was begging, becomes the catalyst of a, of a gospel preaching moment where we, it ends up with 5,000 men, not to mention the women and children, that get saved. And so, please can I just say, any God can use anybody for a moment. And maybe the part that he had to play was that he was going to be lame for 40 years and God, because of his glory in a moment, would heal him. And actually that would release this gospel preaching moment after the Pentecost moment where the Spirit of God's fallen. So... So, but, we, but we've got to trust God for notable healings because notable healings do something. They, they unlock a community and make their hearts open to the gospel. It's like, it's like it's off of this. People are like, what's going on here? No, Jesus is going on here. And the gospel gets preached. And that's what happens here. I was thinking of our Glenridge community. I, I think one of, the notable, one of the notable miracles that I've always prayed for in the Glenridge community is this. And Garth Farrell, I hope you don't mind me using your name here. But I often, often in my prayer life, I'd say, God, can you, can you in a moment, now Garth, if you don't know Garth, um, if you've seen him at church, he's got, he's got his forearm, his hand and forearm amputated. Uh, And he was a dark guy before he got saved. He was part of the underworld and now he's part of the above world because actually he's Given his life to Jesus many years ago, but he but he but he has a he hasn't got a forearm and a and a hand, and and part of my prayer is God. Everybody knows Goth hasn't got a hand and a forearm. God, would you would you produce a creative miracle that would give Goth back a hand and a forearm that everybody would know? It's like that would be a significant notable miracle in our community and it wouldn't just be in our community all those dark days of God back in, back in the day when he was uh, before he followed Jesus all those people knew who he was and what that he didn't have a hand and a forearm imagine what would happen if he st- if he walked around with a hand and a forearm fully put in place miraculously credibly by God friends God does those sorts of things and we've got to be praying God will you do some notable miracles that actually people Take note of and actually the gospel can be preached from. And God, my prayer is, bro, that one day we will see that hand and that forearm grown back miraculously under the power of God. And that moment will be a gospel preaching moment where 3,000 and 5,000 people come to Jesus. Trusting God for that. Get back to the text. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. So this healing happens, they start preaching the gospel, and people notice the healing opens the door to the preaching of the gospel That they they believe the message that he preached and they get saved. The preaching of the gospel, friends, is an absolute essential for people getting saved. We need to be people that are versant with the gospel, that we that we can take the gospel and give it to people when they are asking the questions, because the questions that they are asking, there is an answer of which Jesus is the answer. And we've got to teach people and take people towards that. Verse 5. The next day the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there and so was Carthus, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? And you see, that's the question. That's often the question. That's the question that's that's going to be asked. When there's a significant healing. Well how did you do this? What power and what name? Really that's the same thing. Because to heal to by the name of somebody. It was the power of that person. So what power and what name? What ability and what authority did you heal this person by? And I think for them it's a major theological issue. Because they're talking about the resurrection of the dead. And they didn't believe the Sadducees were those. They were kind of the, the religious aristocracy of the day. The captain of the temple guard, he was like the head of police in that moment. And the chief priest and the captain of the temple, of the temple guard were very like one eye to one, very close to each other. And they used to make sure that there was peace in this Israeli, Israeli Jewish community. Um, and that was the agreement that they had with Rome as long as they kept order Rome wouldn't interfere with them so they they were kind of delegated authority by Rome to keep order and to and so when the Sadducees and these guys start testing and 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 asking them questions it's actually like they don't want this thing to get out of hand and for the Romans to come and get involved so so there's it's they have authority it's not like they're just religious people there's some governmental authority there that would be delegated to them and they kind of I'm trying to make sure that they keep a lid on what's going on and they ask this question by what power or what name did you do this they're upset and they want to know who did you do this by i think there's a little bit of an edge to them that they're probably thinking well it wasn't our power and so actually is this legitimate power there's probably a little bit of a power playing listen we're the gods of this we're the we the we're the ones that are in charge here and you haven't asked us permission you're just going and doing your own thing and so there's a little bit of that, but there's also a religious, there's a, there's a theological debate which they're trying to push one way, and these guys are pressing another, and they're kind of, they're trying to wrestle with this. And uh, I think always when there's an ex, uh, uh, when power is released from heaven, and the gospel is preached boldly, there is oftentimes going to be persecution. So we, we, we've got to expect as a church Persecution. We think, well, if there's going to be power and powerful preaching of the gospel, no, that's when glory is going to come. Yes, that's when glory is going to come. But that's also when persecution is going to come. And can I just say that's when persecution is going to come from? Religious people. It's not probably going to come from outside of the church. It's going to come from inside of the church. And so when we're praying for to God for power and for bold preaching, we've got to expect these things because it's part of what they went through. Verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is powerful. So Peter's preached this incredible sermon up front. Peter and John have walked past the cripple. They've taken him by the hand. He stood up, and he's leaping and praising and worshiping God into the temple. Peter preaches this, this gospel message. Now he gets interrogated. They get detained. They get seized, and they stay overnight in jail. And they're and they, in and captive. And so now they're getting asked this question, well, by what power, how, how, Who? How, what you gave your authority? What authority do you do this by? And this is what it says. And then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Some commentators say that Peter was again filled with the Holy Spirit. So he was filled in Pentecost. And there's another moment where the Spirit of God comes on him. And he begins to give what he says. But other commentators will also say, It's part of a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's filled with the Holy Spirit in Pentecost. And he being filled with the Spirit. He was living this life of being filled with the Spirit. And so he preaches this gospel. I like both of those. I like the fact that there are moments when we are going to be in situations, tenuous situations. And we can expect the power of God to come upon us and do what he's called to do. But I also think we, we carry the Spirit of God within us easily. And actually we just live that out as we are continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he says this. He says this. Then Peter and Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them. Rulers and elders of the people. And friends there's an exclamation mark there. He is boldly. Rulers and elders of the people. I'm talking to you now. It's kind of that thing. So Peter standing up in a very intimidating environment. Remember the head of police is there. The head of the temple's there. It's all these religious aristocracy, lani, fancy guys that are there. And now Peter gets up, this fisherman gets up and just boldly, full of the Holy Spirit says to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a cripple, and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. He's boldly, just confidently, there's confusion in the, case the Sadducees' mind, but in Paul's mind, there's no confusion. There's a conviction of God and of the Holy Spirit on him to preach. He says, and you asked how you are sealed. Know this, you, all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He distinguishes this Jesus Christ from that God that you thought was nobody from Nazareth. It is him. That this this that's the power and authority by which this man was healed, whom you crucified. So he puts it back on them whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. That is the man that that this man stands before you healed. It is because of what that happened that this man stands here healed. He is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the capstone. He is that guy. This is the name of Jesus. This Jesus that you crucified, he is the one who, by faith in him, that's how this man was healed. Remember the guy that you threw away? It's like the builders, this built this, 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 um, the stone that you build is rejected, which has become the capstone. The stone that wasn't the shape that was needed for what you wanted to build. The stone that wasn't appropriate for what you wanted to build. You discarded it. But actually, what happened is, is God went and picked it up and finished the building with it, it became the capstone. You see, friends, that's why for us, we've got to be careful what we reject in God. Because if you discard something, but ultimately that's going to become the thing that God wants to use. We've got to be careful to discern what's of God and when God starts moving. And then he says this most profound sentence. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And he categorically just lays this thing out. Friends, do you believe? Do we believe that there is no other name? There's nobody else through which salvation can come except the name of Jesus. Friends, the the world that we live in says that that's an exclusive statement and rejects that. Friends, I want to say to you, the scriptures are very clear. There is no other name. There is nobody else under heaven by which somebody can be saved, by which somebody can find their God other than the name of Jesus. We need to be preaching boldly the name of Jesus. And this is what what Peter does in this moment. So this power and preaching leads to persecution. The persecution actually unlocks even more preaching of the gospel. And it starts to even unlock the Sadducees and these people's hearts. And then we'll see what happens because what happens now, and I want to, I want to, I want to show you what the Sadducees were taken back by. So you see us who are filled by the spirit of God, can expect these kinds of responses from people. Verse 13, it says this, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So Peter preaches this very short 30 seconds of a message. And what it does in the, in the, in the Sadducees' hearts, it says, it says that they, when they saw the courage of Peter and John. credible, hey? The thing that took them back was their courage. Friends, at this time, we've got to find courage in God. And that's why I'm saying we've got to find courage in God in this season. People are looking. People are watching. The church needs to be encouraged. But to have courage, you need to be filled with the Spirit. So he says they saw they saw the courage that they had and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary. Not that they were uneducated. They, were, they, they didn't have a formal education like the rabbis would. These were people that were teaching, but they kind of didn't have the credentials to be a teacher. And so they were they, they kind of were, and the, these guys were courage and they're not even learned. They're not even like, they haven't been to seminary. They haven't been to school. But yet these guys are, Operating in power, and they're kind of speaking truth, and that people can can understand. And it says they were astonished. They were astonished at this. They were astonished at their courage, and they were st- they were astonished at their ordinariness. That's you and me, ordinariness. And it says, but they and they took note that they had been with Jesus. It means that they took note that. That these guys were companions of Jesus. So they're talking about the power of Jesus. They're talking about the, the name that is, that is above all names. And they know that these guys were with Jesus. So it's not like they, they're distant from this. They were companions of Jesus. So they're kind of saying, well, we know Jesus. Because remember, these are the same guys that would have sat in the hall a few weeks earlier, putting Jesus to death. They know exactly who Jesus was. And they knew that these guys were disciples of Jesus. And so they were astonished at their courage and they were astonished at their ordinariness and then they're astonished that actually you know what they're they're part of Jesus so it's like they can't argue with that and more than that they can't argue that a real miracle a notable miracle was done because the man is standing there healed and they've known him all his life as a crippled beggar at the gate beautiful. It's an absolutely amazing story and it says there and there was nothing they could say says there was nothing that they could say. Courage, ordinariness, followers of Jesus, with real life examples and fruit. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 2 verse 12 says this, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. You see, friends, our good deeds, people might disagree with us. And not like our our doctrine and our theology, but when they see our good deeds, it says there, let them see your good deeds and glorify God. Live such good lives. Our lifestyles and the the acts that we perform are of such a nature that even when people are confused, they think, yeah, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like what you're saying, but man, you guys are amazing. You guys are incredible. You do such good work. And I believe that's something of what's happening here. It's like you can't argue with the man's field. Out of an act of kindness, out of the generosity of God. And these guys are preaching the gospel off the back of that. And it carries on and it's it goes into verse 23 and it talks about Peter and John eventually get released, and there's this debate: what should we do with these guys? And they, they kind of they can't really do anything because everybody is, everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they've done this incredible miracle. It says in 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 verse 16 and and this outstanding and we can't we can't deny it like what can we do we can't like whip these guys we can't do anything more to these guys we've got to let them go but we just got to say to them listen no more preaching jesus and peter and john say listen we listen to god we don't listen to man we're going to preach jesus in verse 23 though is the prayer let me end with that very let me end with this very quickly Peter and John went back to their own home, their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against the Holy Servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your Holy Servant Jesus, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, the filling of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing journey with God. It's not one moment you are filled. There's an ongoing filling of God and the Holy Spirit. They see that Pentecost. We see potentially Peter in this moment is filled again. And now he's filled again with, and the building begins to shake. And it says, and they spoke the word of God boldly. I love, I love the prayer that he prays. He has this big picture. he prays, he, he speaks to Creator God, the one that made the heaven and earth. When we pray, friends, remember we pray, we pray to and are partnering with Creator God, the God that made heaven and earth. It's like they've got this big picture of God, this big ultimate authority picture of God. God is the creator, he is the owner, he is the one that's in charge here. When we pray, do we remember that? The next thing they do is he says, You spoke to David. He they, they they God the creator, then God the revelator, God the one that created, but the God that also speaks and communicates to his people that we can know his intent and will. This is the God that we pray to, and this prayer begins to unlock these people in a powerful, powerful way. And he then he goes on to talk about you decided beforehand. It's talking about. The will, your power and will that decided beforehand. The providence of God is there. So it's the creator God, the revelator God, and this providential God. They pray to this God and they recognize this God as being this incredible force, this incredible power, and this incredible person that they partner with. And they recognize that. There's like a glory in that creator God, revealing God, providential God, the God of history that decides and makes and has got this thing covered. Friends, God was not surprised by COVID. COVID is, put in, is, is allowed to happen, is in this space. God is going to use it for good. And God is going to bring something very powerful out of it. Please do remember that. And then he goes on in verse 29. He says, now consider their threats. It's amazing they don't pray, Lord, take, or take these guys out. They pray, they pray merciful prayers. They, they pray for mir- miracles of mercy. They don't pray for miracles of destruction. It just says, Lord, consider their threats. These guys are threatening us. Just consider them. Just kind of, just keep it in, your black, in the back of your mind, if you wouldn't mind. You see, they're so certain and so assured of this creator revealing uh, providential God that, they, that what's coming at them is not the biggest thing. They know God's got that. They say, God, just consider their threats. And they say, then they say, enable your servants Enable your slaves, enable us, your partners, to speak with great boldness. It's amazing their prayer, friends. Their prayer is not to strike these guys down. They say, just consider their threats. But God, enable us to speak with boldness. In the midst of whatever's happening, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of a pandemic, enable your church, O God, to speak with great boldness in these days. And the next thing they say, and he, he says this, and he says, And Lord, stretch out your hand to heal. And perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. God, enable us to speak boldly. And Lord, will you continue to do signs and wonders? Will you stretch out your hand that signs and wonders would be made done in the name of Jesus? And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was at, was shaken. Friends, these are the kinds of prayers. When we stand with God in prayer... We know God is creator. We, go, we know God is revealer. We know God is the God of providence and history. And we stand secure in that fact. And then we say, God, consider COVID. Consider COVID. Lord, we, we don't want to lose lives. Father, save the lives of people in COVID. Please, Lord. But Lord, please speak us. help us to speak boldly. Help us, Lord, stretch out your hand and do miraculous things. Especially in this time when people are sick. And then it says, the Spirit of God was on them and they shook the building. Friends, I want, the bu- I want us to pray prayers that shake the buildings that we're in. I want us to pray prayers. And then it goes on to say, and they spoke the word. You see, we, you, there, there's power and, and, and preaching creates persecution. But what persecution does, it drives us to prayer, which increases our preaching and power of the gospel. So it's kind of a circular thing. Power and preaching creates persecution, but persecution is not a bad thing. It's a bad thing, but God uses it and it actually increases our boldness and power to preach the gospel and to see what God wants to do in the lives of people. And I want us this morning to take note of this fact, friends, that this same God that is on Peter here is on us. And God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, so that you can stand up with boldness, and that people will be overwhelmed by your courage, and be would be would be would be ton of amazed and astonished that just you're an ordinary person, but you're just so wise, and you're so good, and you're so, and but and you can't deny that you your life represents something. But then also that we'd be so filled with the Holy Spirit, friends, that our prayer life would be modelled on something like this, where we would see buildings shaken. And the gospel preached through you and me, ordinary, courageous people, followers of Jesus, that we are. I trust that this encourages you, friend. I'm sorry it's been a little bit longer than normal, but I just wanted to put some, put some intro in it and to kind of summarize some things for us up front. And I trust that God uses you powerfully. I pray that God shakes the building that you're in. If you're, if you're in your flat and you're isolating, I pray that the building will shake under the prayer of you, woman, man of God. And so, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would come with to us now, Lord. I pray, pray this, this, Father, we want to see Book of Acts Christianity, Lord. We want to see notable miracles. We want to see your hand moving powerfully amongst us, Lord. Father, enable us. But also enable enable us to be courageous, enable us to be powerfully ordinary, and ordinarily powerful. In, in in everything that we do, Lord God, let our lives let us live undisputably amazing lives that people might not might not agree with our doctrine, but they can't argue with our lives, Lord. Father, let us be a people that pray with power. Let us be a building shaking prayful people in these days and then enable us to speak the word of God with boldness to speak the minister with boldness father to see stretch out your hands that we would see signs and wonders and miracles at this time but father enable us enable us in these days to do your will with power and love in Jesus name amen have an incredible incredible day and we'll see at prayer meeting in the week